Hi, this is Connor from Fireside Church. Thank you for listening to Fireside Church messages. If you want to learn more about our church or what we're doing during this time to stay connected, visit our website, firesidechurch.org. Enjoy the message. Hey, good morning, Fireside. And I just want to thank Connor for that. You know, yesterday, Connor texted me. He's like, hey, you know, I was filming and he got stuck in that big storm, that thunderstorm. And then he was able to go out after that. And I was just thinking as I was watching him, the beauty of the background, you know, and we're going to kind of touch on this a little bit later today. But this idea that, you know, like sometimes storms as hard and as scary as they can be can also surface beauty. And I don't know about you all, but, you know, this week, for so many reasons, has just felt like one just huge storm. I mean, we still got the COVID-19 stuff going on, but then we also, you know, we have all the stuff going on with these, you know, um, protests and uh, these just uh, deaths that we've been seeing and watching. Um, and racial injustice, um, and Kate's going to come on uh, at the end, um, and we're going to kind of, you know, touch base on that, because um, our what we got to put on our heart to preach about this morning kind of talks about this as well. And just to give you a little bit of update, you know, of one of the storms in our life is that um, you all know that, you, you know, we have two daughters, uh, two sons, but our oldest daughter, Ellie, she is uh, in, in midst of treatment, and uh, we will have a scan June 19th. So we're just doing this phase one, brand new trial. And man, I'll tell you, it keeps you on your toes. Actually, it keeps you on your knees because every pain that she has, we're trying to, is this disease or is this the medicine working? And it could be both. So the disease is on her back and her back was really hurting her the other day. And we were just up all night praying and praying and praying and praying. And then the doctor said, hey, you know what? Um, I, I just talked to the drug company. It's a new drug, so we don't know anything about it. Ellie's the first with these two markers that this drug attacks has ever been on this drug and uh, for a child. And what they said in adults that they experienced some kind of inflammation. And so I was talking to Ellie. I'm like, she's like, what's going on with my back? And I said, Ellie, it's either your, your cancer or it's your cancer being destroyed. And we don't know which one. And she was like, oh, so it's like a sitcom. Like we, we don't know what the ending's gonna be like. And I was like, yeah, kind of. And so it isn't that true with life. You know, when struggles come, it's like, all right, God is, you know, you know, either wreaking havoc if we're indulged in sin and we're just doing the wrong thing, or, or God is doing something big and he's shaking things up. And that sometimes can come with pain. And then our other daughter had a scan on Friday, uh, yeah, fr Thursday, and a uh, Friday, sorry, Friday. She had an MRI of her brain, tried to figure out, all right, is there a tumor in there or not? And we just got news yesterday that they didn't see anything. So praise God, that's really good news. And so nothing has changed, and, and that's a good thing. And in three months, we'll get another scan. And again, just keeps you in your toes. And so for us, we're like, all right, when are we going to get out of the storm? And what we believe God is calling us to is, live in the waves, just live in the waves and cherish the moments today. And that is my prayer for you guys 
is, is to live in the waves um, and just to cherish the moments that God has given us and know that he's in control. But I want to pray, I want to pray boldly this morning that God would speak to us on the stormy Sunday morning. God, we just thank you for who you are, God. And Lord, give us a perspective that when we think something that you are saying, but God is doing this, but God is more powerful, that, that God is with us, but God hears us, but with God we can do all things. So Jesus, I pray for whoever is listening right now, Lord, that they would just come before you and say, Lord, I, I, I need you. I need to know that you're with me. I need to know that you're more powerful. I need to know that you're in control of what seems to be a time and a place that just seems incontrollable. Jesus, I just want to pray for those who are just lonely, who are feeling depressed, who are feeling full of angst. Lord, did you just lift that from them? Oh, Lord, lift that from them. So, Lord, we just come before you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, I want to thank Steve Kobzik for preaching last week in the armor of God. And if you've spent time with Steve, you know his passion for that. And I just believe that it's true that when we put on the armor of God, that we can go out and we can face the uncertainties of the world. But we want to continue this series called But God. And, and where it came from is that, you know, as we were just processing everything that was going on in our lives and in the world, and we were leaning on these few stories, and we were like, what, God, are you speaking to us? What are you trying to say? Is this something you want us to share? And the common thread with these stories was this one phrase, and it was, but God. Well, not really a phrase, just two words, but God. And so I want to take you to Jeremiah. And Jeremiah was a prophet. In Jeremiah chapter 1. And Jeremiah was a prophet who um, was, was, was given the task to speak God's voice in a time when um, the Israel, Israel was kind of disobeying God so much that God actually took them into exile. So if you get your Bibles, go to Jeremiah chapter 1, and this is the very beginning of God's call on Jeremiah. In verse 4, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord, or but God, and this is where we get our series, but the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. I, I, I just want to pick this apart in coming from the beginning. When he first says, he says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you before you were born. I set you apart. And I believe that this is not just for Jeremiah, but this is for us as well, that God made you purposely. 
and he put you in this time, in this place, before you were born, he knew that you would be where you are right now. And I get so excited when I, when I think about God forming us, that before we were even existent on the world, he knew who we were or who we are. And he's like, oh, no, I can't wait. For, I'm going to give them this gift and I'm going to prepare these gifts for them, the things that they're going to do in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and we'll get to that in a moment. And I got all these things that I want them to do and how they're going to impact my kingdom and how they're going to do great things. And I'm going to give them a gift of hospitality and I'm going to give them the gift of speaking or I'm going to give them the gift of serving or I'm going to give them the gift of athleticism or I'm going to give them the gift of whatever it may be. And I'm just going to pour in all these gifts and as he's creating us and molding us, he just gets so excited. And he's like, I'm going to put you in this family at this time for this reason purposefully. And so whatever's going on in your life, just remember that God put you there on purpose. Even before you were in this world, God knew you. That he made you. And then he appointed us to do the things that he wants us to do. And he appoints Jeremiah. He said, I set you apart. I have appointed you as a prophet to the nations. I have a job for you. I heard a sermon a couple weeks ago from the pastor of Elevation Church. And he said, sometimes an appointment can feel like disappointment. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? That sometimes God will appoint us to do the things that we just don't want to do. I, I want you to be the voice to these people. I, I want you to uh, be in this place at this time, and it may be uncomfortable, and it may be hard, but this is my appointment for you. And we will look at that appointment, and we will view it as disappointment, and we will respond like Jeremiah responded, and which I love this phrase, alas. Be like, alas, which is like, no, I, I reject what you're giving me. How many times have you said alas, and maybe you haven't said alas, but you've said certain things like that, and you just said, God, no, 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 no. I reject the appointment that you have given me. Now, I don't want to do that. I don't want to speak to them. I don't want to go to them. I don't want to serve in this way. I don't want these circumstances. Alas, 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 alas. Maybe you choose another four-letter word, but it's this idea of like, no. When I was in high school, basketball was my life. And um, my, my dream was to be a professional basketball player. And I remember thinking, there's just no way this little boy from New Hampshire is not going to be in the NBA. I'm going to overcome all the odds. And my senior year, I started getting these letters. I started getting recruited from these schools. Now, I, I'm not getting recruited from like Duke or UNC or these big colleges. So just hear me out. D3 NIAI schools that were kind of saying, hey, if you pay our full tuition, we would love for you to play basketball too. But when every time I got a letter, I would just feel like they're choosing me. They've chosen me. They want me. And it doesn't feel good. It feels so good to know that someone wants you and has appointed you. Like, I want you to play basketball on my team. Come to our school and play basketball. We think you're so good. And da, 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 da. So 
I go to Gordon College Christian School, and they actually never gave me a letter, you know, but they're in a conference of everyone in that conference had given me a letter except for Gordon and ENC, these two Christian schools. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go, and I meet with a coach. He's like, yeah, we'd love for you to play. He recruited 15 freshmen, and I, and I know I'm making excuses, but maybe there's still some stuff here that's still, that I need to work with, but still, 15 freshmen, and I try out, and I get a letter, and it says, sorry, you didn't make the team. And for the first time in my life, basketball was not a part of it. And I remember thinking, no, 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 no. God, you made a mistake here. <laughs> you have appointed me to be a baller. And um, God, do you, you see this? And, and I actually wanted to reject that letter but what happened was um, the next fall, we had this improv group at our school that was pretty popular that I loved and I'd never done anything on stage. I've never been in that world at all. I was foreign. Like I said, I'm a baller, not a uh, theater person. But my, my buddy, who was really funny, really good at this stuff, said, hey, I'm going to try out. Um, you want to come with me? And I said, hey, you know, I'll, I'll come with you. And a bunch of people tried out. And I get a letter saying, hey, um, we want you to be a part of this improv group. And I was like, what? And it's like, we, we've appointed you to be a part of this group. And I remember feeling just like, whoa, this is me. You want me? Like, I've never done this before, you know? And they're like, yeah, you know, we're going to help you and we're going to guide you in this. And I just felt awesome. And it was life-changing for me because, you know, I had no idea the calling that God had. I had no idea that I would be, you know, uh, speaking to you all right now in this capacity. I thought I was going to be either in the NBA or had my own video company. And, and so sometimes when we view appointments as disappointments, that may be not the appointment that God intended for us. You, you get what I'm saying? That, that maybe God wanted you to do something else and God is saying, I want to shut that door. And you hear the saying, when God shuts a door, he opens another. And God kind of guides his way, our way through life. Sometimes it's a bunch of closed doors until we find where God is leading us and the appointments that he has for us. But so many times we say, no, 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 no. Like, Jeremiah, I can't do that, Lord. Jeremiah says, I'm too young. I can't speak. I'm like Moses. I don't know what he's referring to. Slurring my mouth. I don't have a voice. I'm not confident. We do the same thing. No, no. You got the wrong person, God. <laughs> You got the wrong person. And he already prefaced everything, saying, no, before you knew, I created a new room. I put you together, and I created you, and I know you better than you know yourself. So who are you to say you can't do what I'm calling you to do? But I can't speak. I'm too young. I got, I got kids right now, and they are sucking the life out of me. I can't do anything. God, I am not married. I'm single. God, I'm too young. I'm just out of college or I'm in college or I'm in high school or I'm in middle school. God, I'm too old. I'm 
retired or I'm going to retire. God, I, and we just start giving these excuses to God and say, no, I am rejecting what you are appointing me to do. I can't speak because I'm not eloquent enough. I don't have enough knowledge. I don't know the Bible. I don't know. I don't pray enough. I don't do these things enough. I'm, I'm introverted. I'm extroverted. And we just start going through the list. Alas, not me, God. I don't want to speak to this person or that person. That you've placed me specifically in that person's life at this time for this reason. But God, no, 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 no. Can't do it. I feel like it's like when God responds to Job. And if you've ever read the story of Job, Job just has everything thrown at him and just... Just, you know, he's tested and tested. His kids die. He loses everything. He gets sick and his friends come and there's this debate. And his friends are kind of telling Job like, hey, you know what? God's like punishing you and all these things. And then in Job uh, chapter 38 verses, th uh, verses 2 through 5, he says this. He says, then the Lord spoke to Job out of the storm. I love that, right? I love that the Lord spoke to Job out of the storm. And why that, Why does God speak out of storms? Because sometimes that's when we're listening, that there's this huge storm, storm in life. And then, the, then God speaks in the storm and through the storm to us, because sometimes that's when we are on our knees saying, God, you know, I've given up. What can I do? And then God speaks. And he says, out of the storm, the Lord speaks. And he said, who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? Like, who are you to say what you can and can't do? You think that you have a way of, of saying that you're inadequate? Like, these are my plans and you have no knowledge of who I am and what I can do. And then he says, brace yourself like a man. I will question you and you shall answer me. And then he kind of gives these sarcastic questions. He's like, where were you when I laid the earth's foundations? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know you stretched a measuring line across it. And, you know, this just shows insight of who God is. And I, I love this. It's like, time out. You think you know everything? And, and you're refusing to do what I'm appointing you to do. And you're asking, you, you know, and so God's like, well, where were you when I formed? Third. So first of all, he's saying like, I formed the earth in its dimensions. Where were you? You weren't there. You don't know. Why? Because I'm God and you're not. And this idea of God speaking in the storm. So I was on Instagram the other day and Matt Mayer, who wrote, Lord, I need you, that song, um, posted this picture. And he, he claims there's no filters, but I want to show it to you right now. And I just think that this picture is super cool. And this is a, a legit picture. And it's a storm and there's a rainbow. And see, in the midst of storms, if you're going through, and we're all going through storms. Just remember that God's promise, the rainbow, was God's promise to Noah, is still there. In the midst of storms, God's promise is still there. I just thought that was such a beautiful picture. But then we... Say, so, you know, I, I know, but it's still too big, and I'm this, and I'm that. And, and, and what God does is he will minimize us to maximize himself. 
You minimize us to maximize yourself. And, and there's true, like, yeah, Jeremiah, you can't speak all that well. Yeah, you are young. I created you. I, I know who you are. You, you are those things. But we need to remember this. And this is key. And if you remember anything about this morning, remember this. That when God appoints you, he also anoints you. That appointments don't come without anointing. And what an anointing is, is that like what God did with Jeremiah, he placed his fingers on his lips so he could speak, is that he empowers us through the Holy Spirit. His strength embodies us to do the will that he wants us to do. So if there's things in your life when you're saying that whole list, like, God, I can't because of da-da-da-da-da-da, know that God's saying, yeah, you can't, but I can. When God calls us, we say, but God, I can't. And God says, but God can. And he will anoint you to do the things that he has called you to do. He will anoint you to do the things that he's appointed you to to do. And so I just ask, what are those things that God, that you feel are heavy on your heart, that God is saying, I need you to do this. I've appointed you. I set you apart to do these things and know that if it's from God, he will anoint you and he will give you the ability to do the things. You know, when, as we go through our storm of life with our daughter and everything, you know, one thing that helps us in our perspective as much as it's hard is to know that God has appointed us to be Ellie's and Emmy's parents in this time going through all of this, that we felt like we've been chosen for this. And so we think, okay, so if we're chosen for this, when we've been appointed for this, well, then we've also been anointed to get through it so that it's not just us getting through it, it's the Holy Spirit. And then, you know, we get a fourth baby and, you know, COVID-19 happens. Like, how is that? It's like, no, no, no. If, if we just are focused that we've been appointed for this, that means that we've been anointed for this and that God will give us the strength to get through this, that this is not by accident, that God doesn't make mistakes, that he knew us, he knew that we would be in this place at this time for this purpose. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and, and I love what Paul says here, and he says this, he says, I has not seen nor ear heard the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. And I believe that there are things that God has prepared for us to do that are just so big that we can't even imagine what they are. And he says that they will be revealed through his spirit and that God will anoint us to do the things that he has prepared. So, you know, it, when God prepares something, we have a choice. We can partake in what he's prepared us for do to do, or we could say no, like Jonah, go, go to Nineveh. No, I don't want to go to Nineveh. I, I'm going to go as far away from where you're calling me to go, and you see how that turns out. He ends up in the belly of a whale. But we have that choice. I'm, I've prepared for all these amazing things in your life to do. I've appointed you to do them. Now, will you do them? Well, but God, I can't. And it's like, But God says, don't say these excuses because I have anointed you 
It's not you doing it alone. I, I, our front, um, our side porch, which we spent so much time in here, about three years ago, we it was just a cement kind of falling apart stairs, and I wanted to put a porch on it. And I gotta be honest with you, I am not, or especially back then, was not handy at all. And I would say right now I'm not the handiest guy. And so I talked to one of my former youth leaders, Mark Stoll, if you're listening, thank you so much. And he he's like, Mark, I want to do this because he gave me the idea. He's like, oh, you can put a, a porch right over it. And so he started explaining how to do it. And he's like, all right, this is what you want to do. You want to put footers. And um, again, he's speaking like gibberish to me because I'm like, what are you talking about? And so at the end, he's like, all right, you got it. And I'm like, um, yeah, I think I can handle this. And then he's like, oh, by the way, you're not doing this alone. <laughs> I'm coming over tomorrow to help you do this. And I remember feeling this sigh of relief like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> because I don't know what I'm doing. I, I can't do this at all. And he's like, yeah, no, I know you can't do this. I, I've seen some of your work. Um, I am there with you. I'll help you. I will guide you. And this is exactly what God does in our life. They said, hey, this is what I want you to do. And, and I think there's a longing for many of us that God has placed in our heart. This is what I want you to do. And we're thinking, yeah, okay, God, I, I, I got that. I, I think I can handle that. He's like, whoa, 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 no, no. You're not doing it alone. <laughs> I'm coming with you. I'm going to guide you in the whole process. You can't do it alone. I, I've seen you live your life. You, you will fail miserably without me. But I've anointed you. I'm going to put my words in your mouth. I'm going to put my strength in you. I'm going to give you the peace that only I can give you. I'm going to give you the strength. I'm going to give you the wisdom because I prepared works for you. And if you have the spirit in you and if you listen to God, he's going to reveal those to you with time. So it's our job right now, if you're thinking, I don't know what to do, to get on your knees and say, God, what is it that you've appointed me to do? What is it, Lord? And I receive your anointing to do whatever you've called me to do. And I'm saying, yes, Lord, I'm saying, yes, you've created me. You know me more than myself. Lord, just reveal. And so I want to come closer to the spirit so you can reveal the great things that you have prepared for me to do for your kingdom. And God has appointed us to do a lot of things. And, and I want to bring Kate in, and because I feel like right now what's going on in the world right now, that there are appointments for us as a church. And there are things that God has called us to do. In, in Micah 6, 8, I'm going to put that up here. Micah 6, 8 says this. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good, meaning man. He showed you what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? What has he appointed you to do? And, and it says to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. So if you're saying, I don't know what to do. He's saying, this is what you need to do. Act justly, love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. That is a given for anyone who claims to know Jesus. These are certain truths that we have absolutely been appointed to do. Yeah, and I think, um, morning guys, <laughs> I think, um, you know, as Andy has been talking about this whole time, everything that is happening right now around us, whether it, it is, um, there's, there's piece of it that is really hard to watch and there's pieces that are encouraging as we see people kind of um, have their eyes opened and come together in solidarity. But 
it feels like there's a lot that is dividing us right now. And um, whether it is um, people's reactions or responses or whether it is um, the, the singular perspective that we all kind of come from, um, whether it is the political piece of it or, or a response that, um, you know, you associate yourself with. There's so much that divides us, but I love this in Ephesians 4, talking about, again, our calling. Ephesians 4, verses, verse 1 says, I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which mm. you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit mm. in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Mm. And, you know, I think about these things that are listed here, the humility, the gentleness, um, the love, and the unity of the spirit. And what we need to do right now, none of us um, are off the hook here, that the, this justice piece that needs to happen, this is, this is a calling that we all share. Just as Andy's been saying, none of this, we are not here by coincidence in this time and space with mm -hmm. these events going on around us. We, are, we, are, we have been appointed to these things, to this calling. And what's interesting is um, the kind of humility and love and gentleness that is required of us right now exceeds our capacity we we don't have this in us naturally to do the work that needs to be done right now but unity in the spirit that's the but god right, that's right. that changes everything we see it again right here um that through the spirit the things that we don't have capacity for all of a sudden the impossible becomes possible and so yeah. i just love that i love that ephesians 4 in First Corinthians, um, which is something that, uh, you know, Kate and I were talking about this last night, and this is Paul writing to the church, and he says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and this is talking about the body of Christ, mm -hmm. which you were talking about, and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, mm -hmm. and the parts that we think are less honorable retreat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. Man, can't that preach itself? But God, and I didn't even know there was a but God in here until last night, but God has put the body together. The body of Christ is not just, you know, in fire set, but the body of Christ is just, you know, worldwide, that there are believers all over the place, and that there's diversity, and there's different kind of styles of how we come to God, but there's one God, there's, you know, um, Jesus has died for all, and this is the body, and God has put it together purposefully and beautifully, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that the parts should have equal concern 
for each other, that we should have as equal concern for other parts of the body that are suffering, whether they're in this pandemic, speaking specifically of racial injustice, but just that, you know, those who are starving around the world, those are insane, all those, but we have to have concern for everyone in the body. If one part suffer, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part's rejoice with it. I heard Francis Chan talk about this. It's like, it's not that we don't believe that, it's that we don't want that. Because we don't want to suffer. So if there is people in the body that are broken and suffering, we kind of want to leave them alone because we don't want them to bring us down and we don't want to suffer with them. But God is saying, no, 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 no. Join them in their suffering. We as one body we need to make sure that we are lifting each other up that there is no division i just think that the devil gets so happy and excited when he sees that the church is going at it that there is division in the church and he's just so excited about that and it's like the easiest way to break apart something is from the inside out and i just think he gets so excited so here's my challenge is as we look at the body let's ask ourselves where is the suffering? Because I think sometimes, the, for, for me, I'm learning so much the past couple weeks, months, years, but especially this week, because I, I just want to learn. And, and I'm asking you to learn, like, where is the suffering? Um, I was talking to Kay, and I wasn't going to bring it, but I want to bring it up. When, when Ellie was first getting sick, we went to our doctor um, like month, six, seven, eight months before we were even diagnosed, and they're saying, no, um, it's just constipation. This was what was going on. And then we took her to the ER. We took her to the ER and they checked her out. Like, everything's fine. Back to the pediatrician. And this happened. And so finally, we went to a specialist and we're like, there is something going on. And what they did is, what they did is they took an ultrasound and they looked inside. And what they saw was stage four cancer. And it was destroying her. And I kind of believe the same thing as so many times when people say, no, I'm suffering. And we're like, ah, it's just, it's just this. It's just like, just constipating. And we're just like, it's just this. And then what we need to do is get an inside look and have discussions. Like what is happening? What's going on? And what you'll find is you'll find that there's stuff inside that is wreaking destruction. And just ask the first part is like, you know, where's the suffering and what's going on? And what am I called to do? God, you have appointed me to be in this time at this place for a reason. Who do you want me to speak to? What do you want me to do? And, and I know I'm not going to do it alone because you have anointed me. So I'm going to get on my knees and I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and help me. Help to reveal these things that for, Paul says in 1 Corinthians. Reveal these things through his spirit that you have prepared for me to do. And, and that's, I think, what we as a church need to do is we need to come together in unity and just say, God, help us see what's going on so we can be a part of solutions in creating unity and peace for your kingdom. So I want to pray for us as we end. And I, I want you to all know that God has appointed all of us, you know, and, and as we see the body, like there's a feet, there's a head, there's an arm, and that you may look at, you know, one of my professors said that sometimes we have gift envy. You know, and we'll look at them and be like, oh, I wish I was like that. I wish I was this funny. I wish I could speak like that. I wish I could like play like that, I w whatever. And, and, and we have to avoid that because what you, God has given you, is given you specifically and purposefully. So just know that God receive, say, God, how can you use this gift that you've given me 
at this time. Anoint me because I believe you have appointed me. Lord, we come. Lord, we come in, in your presence, Lord. Lord, as the world seems like it's, you know, on its knees falling, Lord, we just pray that you would be revealed and that you would provide unity, Lord, especially within the church, God, that this would make the church stronger and that this would make the church, the church that you've called it to be, to act uh, justly and to fight for mercy, Lord, that you would just appoint us and make it super clear where you want us and what you want us to say and how you want us to say knowing that we will mess up we will say the wrong thing that we will do the wrong sin but if we know we're anointed from you lord that you have guided us lord so we come to you asking for revelation to do what you have appointed us to do and lord again we just believe that you've prepared amazing things for us and just like that picture of the storm and the rainbow, Lord, that it seems like it's thundering and lightning wherever we are at and whatever we are doing. It's, there is a storm that we're living in, Lord, that we can be reminded of your promises in the midst of the storm. That you are bigger, that you are greater. So when we feel like we can't, we need to remember, but God says with him, we can. We love you. We praise you. Amen.